You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks radio.com or searching geeks radio on itunes geeks radio is a presentation of Endlight entertainment welcome to pop off my name is justin and today we are finishing our retrospective on buffy the vampire slayer last week we talked about seasons three through five the week before we talked about the movie and seasons one and two and this week we cover the final two seasons of buffy including the finale the switch over from wb to upn and all those good things we're just going to pick off where we left off with me talking to arthur about buffy the vampire slayer enjoy well, season five, let's just say season five ends with a wonderful montage of some fantastic, I call it grief acting. I love yeah. actors who can give good grief. Spike's um, grief. Spike's grief is great. Allison's Han- Allison Hannigan's grief is great. You know what um, Allison Hannigan does? She she does the wait, wait, She does wait, the horror. Break. Yeah. She does the look of horror. Like that's for her. It's the look of just. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's the you yeah, see they, my can't face. See, they can't see that. Yeah. It's, oh. Sorry. <laughs> it was for you. Um, But. uh yeah, and then they end it with a wonderful... It, it literally finishes with the tombstone of Buffy Summers. She saved the world a lot. Um, so this is when uh, Enterprise debuted on UPN. Um, and I was seeing ads a lot for the tombstone. She saved the world a lot. And then the zombie hand. And then the zombie Coming hand. Coming out, ah, oh, Buffy lives. <laughs> um, and that was what I was getting at Buffy at the time. Which I didn't watch, which I hated because I liked Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I liked Enterprise and hated Buffy. What was wrong with me? I haven't seen Enterprise, so I won't make a comment on there's, it. There's, I would say, of the four seasons that there are, there's a season and a half that's okay. Okay. Um, I listen to Trek Off. Um, <laughs> TrekOffPodcast.com. <laughs> TrekOffPodcast.com. Um, uh, so let's just jump into it. Uh, Spike has built a Buffy bot, a Buffy bot and the Buffy bot that he built is now fighting along the Scoobies. So the world doesn't know the Buffy is gone. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're trying to live without Buffy, but Willow has a plan to cast a spell with everybody involved Mm -hmm. to bring Buffy back from the dead. Buffy comes back from the dead this season uh, Joss has said that the big bad in this season is life. There is a big bad. That's right. Yeah, because man, life just shits on her. Yes. This um, season. She has no mom. Giles is uh, is making plans to take off. He does not want to really be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a shitty job. Uh, she's got just everything about her life sucks. She failed at college. She's failing in Raising Dawn. Mm-hmm. She's failing in life. She's failing as the Slayer. <clears throat> and the big bads who are constantly beating her are three nerdy guys from high school. Yeah. Who are funny. The trio. Yeah. Um, but they're essentially, they're a joke. And I think the people who dislike this season dislike it because they don't understand that the trio are not the big bad. Mm. And they, they think the villain of the season sucks. Yeah. And it's, you know. It's a good, that's a good point. The villain of the season is like this is by far the most melodramatic season. Yeah, and actually, I think I just realized. I think a reason why we might have liked this season more because we're melodramatic people. What? No, because we saw it all at once. That's true. When you have to, like, it's like um, when five episodes is a month instead when of five episodes two days. Is a month, because that's the thing is like when you can go when you can plow through a lot of melodrama in two weeks and you can always keep going, keep yeah. that sense of mo- momentum will keep you going through melodrama but when you have to wait a week it'll to see the next melodramatic episode it will seem like oh my god the wanks two months of just yeah magic is the same as heroin yeah um willow's becoming very 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 powerful becoming addicted mm-hmm. to magic um and they're really heavy-handed about it although it was, it was possibly <clears throat> the only heavy-handed metaphor in the show but I still liked it and I like there's some fantastically dark moments mm-hmm. where they essentially do the drug dealer the you know 
what it's like for her to be addicted to magic. She's manipulating mm-hmm. Tara. Um, and Buffy, when she's resurrected, is just sort of off. She's not happy. Nothing's mm-hmm. going well. And her life isn't going well. But it's not just that. She's sad. Nobody really knows why. What was wrong with her? Why is she so sad? Um, and And then everybody's sort of keeping secrets from one another and nobody's communicating and nobody's getting along and let's just go to what i think you said Mm -hmm. that one of the top five episodes of television ever produced Mm -hmm. i would say it's hard for me to name top five but if i were to name top tens if i'm going to put something next to the series finale of star trek the next generation or the final episode of mash Mm -hmm. or the final episode of cheers what i consider to be the best episode of buffy the vampire slayer for which I have a CD and a libretto <laughs> um, and the score um, once more with feeling. Okay. When my wife was giving birth to our first son, uh, we knew that labor could be a long time. We decided to bring with us a number of things for her to watch on DVD and stuff. Cause you know, mm-hmm. you try to ha- exercise a modicum of control when you're going to an uncontrollable situation. Yeah. I will tell you that of all the DVDs we brought, there was only one that we watched and watched twice. Once more with feeling by request. Mm -hmm. It's all she wanted to see. That's, you know, Joss Whedon, if you're listening out there, that you should know that your work is the most requested by mothers in labor. I would say without this episode, there is no glee. I would be inclined to agree with that because I had this not seen the, musicals on television since Cop Rock. This was the show that really, and I should say right now, this was the musical episode. Yes, which and they had a wonderful conceit for while the musical, why the musical episode worked. Here's the interesting thing. Here's my dirty little secret. With a few exceptions, yeah, the music didn't really do that for me. Joss as a Joss as a music writer has never. I've always found them pleasant enough. He's good, he's yeah. Never re, but it's never really. But the lyrics are the lyrics are brilliant. Yeah, no, the the music is not nothing. But <laughs> I like it because I can play it. Yeah. Um, the music's nothing super special. Um, mm-hmm. with the exception of "I'll Never Tell," which is, which is the yeah. music on that is try playing that. I mean, you have. Oh, tried it's, it's brutally difficult. Yeah. It's, um, and actually, uh, the the reprise of. Underneath your spell slash standing in the way is a great duet. It's 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 constructed well. But it's, it's constructed it's well. Not. Um, I, I actually I really like that one. Um, and then well, keep in mind, and this is the thing that Joss had to do, which is why maybe the music is not that interesting in terms of the mm-hmm. the melodies. He's writing for non. He's writing for non. Well, that's the thing that's also so interesting is that some of the singers are non singers. Some of them very clearly yeah. are. I think this line's mostly, mostly filler. Um, her one. Yeah, line. walk through, walk through the. Fi- what, what's also great about it is that it's. What is brilliant about it is that it's frequently constructed like a traditional musical. Yes. Um, to the point, walk through the fire, which is one of the big show-stopping numbers in it, has the traditional musical thing of you've got different characters introducing their it's own It's the one day more of... It's yeah. the one day more. You've got characters with their own musical themes that suddenly start interweaving. It's yeah. really great. Um, I, The conceit of the, of the episode is that there's basically been a spell that we later learn is... is made by Xander because he thinks mm-hmm. it would be fun. That's yeah. what I love. The whole thing is he just thinks, I thought it would be fun. I always thought that was a little bit of a cop out. but No, yeah, not cute. at all. I love it. <laughs> I just love it. I love that, that, that. You know, everybody dancing, happy all around. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the conceit is, is that in a musical, everybody sings what they're thinking and feeling and nobody hears it. Mm-hmm. In this, everybody sings what they're, they're thinking and feeling. And everybody hears and it. And everybody so hears it. So all the secrets come out. All the secrets you've been revealing say you're happy now. Once, Once more, more with, with feeling, feeling. Yeah. it is. Even if you're not into musicals or even if you're not into Buffy, mm-hmm. I think I could sit down with someone and I have who didn't like Buffy hmm. explain who I knew was never going to watch. Do, do a five minute conversation where I explain the setup of what's happening and just let it unfold. Mm-hmm. And it's entertaining as hell. Yeah. Um, certainly without this, there is no Dr. Horrible. There's no Dr. Horrible. The uh Scrubs also did a musical episode um, which also had a very good conceit um, in the sense that the basically it all started with a a a patient was brought in and there was something going on in her brain like I think she had a brain tumor or something which meant that she kept seeing everyone around her singing so it was all so the whole episode was done through the eyes of the patient 
Um, but yeah, but my bet is all of that was this was one of the most innovative episodes because it showed you can do musical numbers in a television show. And I would be inclined to agree with you that Glee would, this was a, for better or for worse, this was a forerunner for Glee. Didn't Joss direct an episode of Glee? I think he did. He di- I, and, of, and of course it was the one with Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. He did. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, Back when Glee was good. That's so, a whole other conversation. So, yeah. So this is, this is, um, it turns the show on its ear. And what I, what I have said so often on the Trek Up podcast is the reason I prefer DS9 to Next Gen. I like shows with consequence. Mm-hmm. Here's a show that could once again just be a throwaway show. This is absolute required watching. Like Hush, with the exception of the fact that Riley finds out, is a throwaway mm-hmm. show. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's the it's it doesn't move the mythology much. This changes everything. Mm-hmm. Everything changes because of this show. Yeah. Um. And the big thing you find out at the end of the show was they thought they pulled Buffy out of some hell uh, or some blackness of being mm-hmm. dead. She was in heaven. And they pulled her out. And once again, we get the look of horror from Willow that she does yes. so well. Um, just astounding. I mean, it just doesn't get better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, or another it's also way. when Buffy and Spike have their first kiss. Yep, because Spike is the only because Spike is the only one who know like after she finally shares just how fucking despairing she's feeling. Spike is the only one who's been there. Yeah. You can tell her how to get through it, uh, which I thought was a nice twist. First, I'll save her, then I'll kill, kill her. her. Um, uh, first, I'll kill her, then I'll save her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I'll think this line's lo- mo- th- I think this line's mostly filler as a rhyme. Yeah, it just it's it's everything you like about a Joss Whedon show: the heart wrenching, the cleverness, the dialogue, the lyrics are astounding, almost. From beginning to end, mm-hmm. um, the jokes, I got the mustard out, just astounding. Yeah. Um, the show continues. Season six continues. And uh, Willow gets, um, Giles decides to leave mm-hmm. um, because he feels like he is, Buffy's going to be stagnant. The yeah. same way, same thing that Joyce said to Angel. Everybody leaves Buffy because she stagnates because she mm-hmm. depends on them too much. Yep. Um, Buffy must be alone. Is the mm-hmm. is sort of loneliness? Yeah. Um, I what happens is that Giles uh, leaves. Uh, Willow becomes um, really addicted to the magic. Then gets off the magic. She breaks up with Tara, but she wants to get off the magic so mm-hmm. she can get back together with Tara because she's becoming too powerful and too addicted to it. Um, I Buffy is is continuing to try to to defeat the trio who are just continually beating her because she kind of is keeping the gloves on. Finally, she goes gloves off. She mm-hmm. beats them. You get to um, about like the the fourth or fifth episode from the end of the of the yeah. season. I was so happy because Tara had become such a big character. Yeah, that finally still had not gotten her name in the credits though. And and so finally, uh, Willow and Tara, who've been apart, they finally get back together and they mm-hmm. give her her own name in the credits. Which when that ran, I was so excited. Oh, I, yeah. I was like, yes, finally. Like, Because when somebody gets their name in the character, that means the, you up their character in the show. Mm-hmm. When Spike gets his name in the opening credits, that means you know, you're, what essentially the way it works is they get paid whether or not they have any lines. This is, again, Joss is a good enough writer that he knows what the, he knows the meta rules. He knows what the, the And will use know. those meta rules to fuck with you. Um, uh, finally, uh, they get back together and um, uh, Tara and and Willow do. Uh, Buffy defeats the trio in a pretty silly way, mm-hmm. um, and then one of the members of the trio, Warren, um, shows up with a gun to kill Buffy. Fires once, hits get Buffy in the gut. Starts running away. As he turns away, he fires again blindly toward Buffy. Misses Buffy. Mm-hmm. It goes through the window and shoots Tara through the chest. Her blood splashes all over Willow. Tara says, "Your shirt," and then dies. Dies instantly. And um, Willow freaks out. Yeah. And this is why I love season six. Even, mm-hmm. not, and I, want, I don't want to say more than once more with feeling because that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But these four episodes are so fucking they, much fun. I mean, that's fun. true. That, I mean, so much fun. The, I mean, it is from that. The thing is, a lot of people felt like the show was very listless in season yeah. six. But really, once this event happens, this thing careens like a freight train to yeah. the conclusion. It's great. Um, 
Willow goes dark. She 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 skins one yeah. of them. The an other- interesting note too is also that this is the only. I think this is like the second time that we actually see like guns. Um, yeah, and use even the initiative. They use little electric taser devices. Yeah. Like one of the other sort of sub messages here is that even the good guys don't use guns in this because guns just make unless things. their name is Wesley. But that's another story. Yeah, and that's an angel though. Yeah, um, where that whole thing has changed. Well, you'll you'll notice every character who dies and stays dead dies a natural death. Yeah, guns, aneurysm, um, uh, neck broken, neck broken. That's true. Yeah, the supernatural stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, Willow goes dark. Basically, it's the Dark Phoenix saga. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, battles all of them. They have to run. They have to like it. Just it, mm-hmm. it's it's epic. And then at the at the very very end of it. Um, oh oh oh! We forgot. Mm-hmm. We forgot the big other huge giant huge giant thing that happened earlier in the season. Which was well, I'm just thinking about how. And then Anya finally agrees to help them. And then I forgot why Andrew was mad at them. And then I remembered oh, that my Anya God, has her powers right. back wow. because Which, she's a vengeance demon again because Xander Harris left her at the altar. Which, to be fair, was another reason why people were like, oh, my God, can we please stop with the angst in season but six? But what a great episode. Hell's Bells is an amazing episode. Yeah. It's an astounding episode mm-hmm. and hilarious and also heartbreaking. And point yeah. being. Point being. So there's that whole other thing. Um. Oh, actually, getting back to what I said at the beginning of this, which is yeah. what I love about Joss is he knows the tropes. He knows the things. And so he'll, you know, much like with, Lo, you know, Loki saying, it's like, oh, are you going to appeal to my better nature? Um, and Tony Stark saying, uh, you know, no, I'm no, going to threaten, threaten you. you. Sometimes, though, he says he knows the trope and then plays to it. Season six, um, Willow is essentially, essentially trying to raise up a demon that will end the earth. Can I, she's, before we tell the end of it, because that'll be the end of season six, mm-hmm. can I talk about my favorite single moment? I think I know exactly what moment you're talking about. Please go ahead. Um, you see, Willow battles Buffy mm-hmm. in the magic shop. Oh my God, epic battle. Um, and Buffy is outclassed. Mm-hmm. Um, they try all sorts of tricks, all sorts of everything to beat um, Willow and nothing can do it. And she beats down Buffy and essentially says something along the lines of, there's nothing in the world that can defeat me. Mm-hmm. Then she is hit by a magic blast, flies across the room, looks up, and in the silhouette of the front door of the magic shop, Giles, mm-hmm. who is, look, I'm doing, it's happening again. <laughs> look at my, <laughs> it's really, Giles, who has, who has been gone for like six episodes, you haven't even talked about yeah. him, um, is there, just up, looks up and says, what was it? I was sort of like, I'd like to test that theory. That's right. <laughs> and just then there's this epic magic battle in the next episode between yeah. them. But the moment where best, he's standing best there. Best episode ender. It was just awesome. It's just yeah. like, okay, sorry. And at the end of the season, he's standing up. She's, so she's raising so, up a temple. So, so she draws a lot world, of power. Yeah. She draws an incredible amount of power from Giles. Giles had gotten the power from a coven of witches in England. Um, she draws so much power that she says she feels everybody in the world and feels all their suffering. And says, I'm going to end it all. Goes to, um, she essentially goes to, uh, to summon this demon. Um, once it's, again. It's raising a giant temple. Yeah, raising you know. a giant temple, which again, conveniently happened to be located somewhere in Sunnydale. Um, that none of the other big bads who had tried to end yeah. the world had thought to go to this temple before either. It's it's part of the conceit of the show. Speaking of which, I'm just going to jump way back to the beginning of season four. It opens with Dracula. It's amazing. Season okay. five. Season five yeah. opens with Dracula? Season five opens with Dracula. Anyway, it's amazing. It's the best interpretation of Dracula I've ever seen on the screen. Oh, it's pretty wonderful. It's awesome. It's, yeah. right, I'm going to go serve the evil master. Bader. <laughs> I'm going to go serve the dark lord. <laughs> Bader. <laughs> Anyway, go on. Um, they actually, they brought him back um, in the comics, uh, which I don't know if we'll talk, they brought him back with a, in a wonderful story arc with that. But uh, so season six, the basically Willow is raising this temple that will destroy everything. Um, Buffy tries to stop her and fails. And the la- everything, everything is exhausted. And Xander, who for six seasons has been, is now, he is now the only character with no supernatural power whatsoever and has wrestled with feelings of uselessness for the entire saga. Um, he shows up, and because he's been best friends with Willow since kindergarten, um, he shows up and essentially tries to talk her down. And there's a wonderful, wonderful moment of, you know, and again, showing that Joss Whedon knows the trope. Um, 
you know, Will Dark Willow just looks at him and is like, oh my god, please don't tell me that you're going to do something so, like, you're going to essentially, please don't tell me you're going to be so lame as to actually try to say, like, you love me or something. And Xander says, essentially, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So essentially, Joss Whedon sets up the... I actually, can't, I, I hate to correct you. Go ahead. Because, because we'll get emails. Mm-hmm. But he says, no. Actually, he says, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. He says, he says, he says, if the world's going to end, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. That's right. Yeah, I just but, the things, but then the thing is, at the end, he does end up saying... Yes. I love, and the, what's great about it is, so he gives... Sorry, and I don't mean to contradict. I don't no, mean no, to be no, a dick, that's right. we'll but get no, emails. But that's an important thing. Yeah. It's a, you know, the spirit is there. Um, the... What's great about it is that Joss Whedon writes this beautiful speech about, you know, if the world is going to end, I want to end with you and there's something about yellow crayons in there and everything. Like, it's a very nice speech, but the most powerful moment at the end of it is he he ends it with just saying, yes, I love you. She blasts him in the chest and he gets up and says, I love you again. So after all of the words are done, yeah, he just keeps saying, I love you again and again and again and if done incorrectly that could have been incredibly cheesy but because of the filming because of the acting in that moment because of the pacing even the subtle effect of her hair turning back red when she breaks down it is elegant yeah and it's incredibly powerful simplicity um and again it's an example of joss whedon saying this is the trope sometimes you know oh I bet you're going to expect me, I bet you're going to expect that Xander's going to do something clever right now. You know what? No. I'm going to do the cliche, and I'm going to do it in such a way that you realize why it's a cliche. And things are cliches, because when they work, they stick in the yeah. human consciousness. Um, and it works really, really well. Um, by the way, so clearly, by if you're listening to this by this point... You know that this is uh, that it's going to be called part two of three that you're listening to now because <laughs> it's clearly not going to be a two part episode. Yeah, how, how long are we? Uh, how long are we on? Two right? hours and fourteen. You get get the fuck out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So no, it's fine with me. Mm-hmm. We we just and uh, we haven't touched an angel at all. I yeah, think we're gonna, we should save that for part four. <laughs> um, uh, we, we've got one more season now. We might as well just finish this yeah, one. Yeah, we'll finish. Let, let's finish out one more season then just touch back on yeah, what we'll, the, sh- we'll, the importance of the show we'll take a five minute break and then we'll just recruit it <laughs> but then we have a month in so we're yeah. good um all right so uh so we get to the end of the season and willow is broken uh dawn and buffy have reconciled mm-hmm. um uh and we get into essentially the beginning of season seven or as i call it the season of speeches um, <laughs> they even make reference to that fact. I think the the um, I don't think I would be inclined to say season seven is probably the weakest of the seasons. It is my least favorite. Um, of the and I think the reason why, and I just realized this now as we were talking about it, season seven is actually, from my memory, I don't know if this was the intent, but from my memory of it, season seven was really the season about fighting vampires and demons. There was not. A deeper issue. Um, um, I mean, there were there were there a couple. Some. That, there were some that they tried, but it was things about you know the questions of leadership and things like that. But really, it was Buffy. Don't be afraid to lead them. Um, yeah, which is but but th- that's that's a military theme. It's it, well, it seemed like the the theme of the episode, the, the season seven was more about wrapping up the series. Yeah, it so was, the theme was Buffy. Season finding, seven was more about fi- finding her. I guess the theme was Buffy finding her strength. Mm-hmm. Like, like they were the if if you say that the goal of season seven is to li- lead to the final moment, mm-hmm. the more she's standing there with a grin. Yeah, season seven has to happen for. Her I, to get I will there. say season se- yeah season seven as a whole was pretty weak. I liked the ending a lot because to me, the ending answered the major dramatic question. See what we're getting back yes. to the beginning. The major dramatic question of could Buffy be a slayer or she's cursed to be a slayer could she lead a normal life i and we'll we'll get to it and, but i thought to, that it answered that question very well and to say that it's a bad season it's not it's it's buffy no it's it's buffy it's, it's, it's perfectly it's fine great. it's it, great the jacket is one of the funniest seasons like the, the jacket episode yeah has possibly the funniest scene i've ever seen in buffy which was principal wood just doing work in his office as buffy walks outside with the rocket pipette with the bazooka which they hadn't really even made mention of yeah. since season two. Um, you know, it gets dive-tackled by Spike all through the window of the office. 
you know, there's hilarity ensues outside. Like it's it's just a it's just a great shot. Um, we do get a new character in Principal Wood because uh, mm-hmm. because Sunnydale High School has been rebuilt. Yep. Dawn is now going to Sunnydale. Um, Buffy is now Joyce. Dawn is now Buffy. Yeah. <coughs> and at the same time, uh, we learn about the potentials. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, basically, the I mean, we always knew that there were other potentials out there, but essentially, uh, it becomes clear fairly early on that a group of bad guys called the Bringers who we did meet back in season three, who essentially worshipped the first, were going around killing potentials. Um, I forget the exact... This is this is where my memory gets a little hazy from the season. Well, um, they, they, they're they essentially trying to make sure that they end the Slayer line. Mm-hmm. The idea is that, that they're going to no end... No more potentials, no more Slayers. No potentials, no more Slayers. And instead of tra- It makes sense. Instead of trying to kill Slayers when they're super strong, why not kill them when they're in their mortal form? Yep. Um... Uh, murdering girls, they blow up the Watchers Council. Mm-hmm. Um, they seemingly kill Giles for like five episodes, but then he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Faith returns. Uh, when we talk about Angel, we'll talk about how how mm-hmm. and why that happens um, because it's one of the great places. Oh, Faith's w- arc is a great, great, and arc. it's the one arc that you need to watch both shows to get. Otherwise, yes. there is no arc. Otherwise, right. she's just kind of back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's one of the one of the bits of, of synchronicity between the two shows I love is the mm-hmm. faith part of it. Yeah. Um, uh, the question is who is the slayer who is better to lead them? Uh, Buffy is doing self-destructive sex with spike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, she just kind of can't other important thing that we yes. kind of forget, but it does sort of, it happened at the end of season six. Um, this was, some people thought this was a little bit too far. Um, I reserve judgment on it, but there's an episode at one of the darkest points in season six where essentially Spike tries to rape Buffy. Yes. Um, and oh yeah, the last moment of, of yeah. season six. Um, so essentially there's, which of course, which to be fair led to people who had very valid concerns about the fact that in season seven, it's like, wh- why is Buffy still hanging around Spike or doing the, it's like, let's. Can we not trivialize the fact that a man tried to rape a woman on television? And or? I don't think that we have because because mm-hmm. they they deal with the they, fact they that deal, that's they an deal evil thing. Yeah, they deal with it. They but however, I will say like <laughs> the people who took issue with it had a valid like it was I could see the potential side of that. Um but Spike essentially They lead you to think he's doing one thing. Yeah, they lead you to think that he's getting ready to kill the slayer. He says I'm going to show the slayer what what I'm really made of. And he's going to get rid of the chip. That's the thing yeah, he's going to do. He's going to get rid, rid of the chip. chip. But instead, turns out he goes through these trials and willingly asks for his soul back so he could become a good person, um, which he succeeds in doing at the end of season six, um, except getting your soul back after doing all that kind of evil thing tends to leave you in a kind of insane, vulnerable state. So Spike pretty much spends the majority of season seven really kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and he is uh, he is in the basement of, of Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. They're facing the first who can take the form of anybody who is dead mm-hmm. because Buffy has died can take the form of Buffy because Spike is dead he can take the form of Spike mm-hmm. but anyone who has died he can take the form of yeah. um, but he can't touch you corporally mm-hmm. he is manipulating Jonathan and Andrew from the trio kills Jonathan Andrew joins Buffy Andrew is one of my favorite mm-hmm. characters because of season seven yeah. you, you forget that Andrews I mean he was a bad guy in season he was, six. He was dra- he was dragged along for the ride. But you 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 forget that the reason we love Andrew and the reason we love Principal Wood. That's all season seven. This mm-hmm. the season that people sleep on. Say it's no good. Yeah. It's it's think about just Andrew alone as a character. Conversations with dead people was is an amazing episode. Um, I uh, by the end of the season, essentially Buffy, uh, is ousted mm-hmm. as the leader of the potentials returns mm-hmm. um we discover the principal wood is the son of uh of a oh, slayer, slayer that was killed, that like, killed yeah what i love about that is it's it shows consequence from the prior slayers which i love i just yeah. love it if i feel like it it deepens the universe that there was a slayer who did have a son mm-hmm. she's still a woman and she still had a son yeah and she was still a mother and there was there was collateral damage he's collateral damage mm-hmm. to her death um I just love that. I yeah. love. I love they're they're willing to to go there. Um, but you're right. If, if a, a, an overreaching theme for the season, I don't think is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to. I mean, 
Giles returns to help them fight and mm-hmm. and I I mean there's so much to talk about there's the there's an uber vampire who and I think the reason that I'm having problems cohering it into an idea is that mm-hmm. there's a lot of seems like there's a lot of stuff that happens yeah it's a lot of stuff that happens because they're trying to wrap a bunch of things up but long Felicia story Day's short, in it yeah <laughs> that is that's right the first time we really see Felicia Day um the the big thing at the end is essentially the first has an army of the most powerful vampire. Like one vampire gave Buffy a run for her money for three episodes. And that look, and this is a problem I have with this season. Mm-hmm. If all the vampires are supposed to be as strong as that one vampire. Yeah. <gasps> Plus, there's an actor from another uh, Joss Whedon show. Who oh, is, that's right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, 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 my first experience with uh, Nathan Fillion mm-hmm. playing the dark priest Caleb. Yeah. Um, who likes kind of creepy actually he's actually really 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 scarily evil mm-hmm. um, and it was hard for me to accept him in Firefly when oh, I turned around and saw right. him there um, I, I just followers and followers we have the bringers who follow the first mm-hmm. they murder girls you have Caleb who follows the first he wants to murder girls I think that's the thing this is the this is the epi- this is the season that really takes it out of the realm of real life completely yeah I mean that's out, outside of the very beginning you know the, the the only real life is the reintroduction to high school yeah she's a counselor it's, which I guess yeah, this show kind of had to go there at some point because the I mean it's like because the the villains just have to keep getting bigger and bigger um, well, if you're going to finish it, you might as well finish it with, you know, their their universe's equivalent of the devil. And there and there are little things that you do have, you know, that that are real life truths about what it's like to re-enter your high school and realize you're old now. Yeah. Um that's in there, but there's nothing that's that's a theme for two episodes. Mm-hmm. Everything is a theme for two episodes. You know, yeah. and there's not a there's not a, you know, life is we've gone from life is the big bad to we'll talk about life sometimes. Yeah. Um but we do Sometimes we, we'll talk about life a lot yeah and talk and talk and talk there is one point my favorite comment that they make on it is that there's an episode narrated by andrew oh my god where buffy starts a speech, <laughs> speech and, he's, and he walks out in the middle of the speech he just says oh she's gonna just be going for a while because he, he's talking to a camera and, and like, then he comes back and she's still speechified yeah <laughs> um the final episode the final episode um essentially just to make a long story short the the only way to they find this uber slayer weapon um and Can we talk about the weapon real quick and where it was first introduced? That's right. It was first introduced in the comic Frey, which was originally just a fun little spinoff um, about the Slayer 200 years in the future. And then they brought, they made one. They made one. And put it on the show. <laughs> Angel shows up. Um, Angel shows up very briefly. I, Angel really just showed up so that they could say, hey, look, it's the last episode. Look, everybody, it's Angel. Wave to the camera, Angel. Okay, get out. But they do have my, but well, they also kind of, they say, Buffy says, I don't want you. She rejects him and she goes, she goes, maybe one day. Well, she, yeah, well, she says, I, she, I think the whole thing was like, I'm a, it was, uh, she's like, I'm, you know, I'm a warm cookie and I'm still baking and, you know, and maybe someday I'll be ready and you can enjoy a delicious cookie me. Um, she does, what, what, what's great about that. I don't is think that, you're doing it justice, but <laughs> no, no, no. What's great about it is that, no, the whole point of it is it's, it's not the best speech yeah. in the world. What's great about it is that. Um, a season later, an entire season later, on the when Angel was finishing, they had an episode where Angel went looking for Buffy, essentially, and he saw Buffy out dancing with this other person, and he starts just like going off. I think going off on on it to Spike, um, and he's like, "Well, you know, what's her problem?" He's like, "Well, no, that's not right. She's going to be she's dancing because she's a cookie and she's baking." <laughs> and Spike's just looking at him like he's fucking crazy. Speaking of Spike and Angel in this episode, it does have one of my favorite things. With Spike and Angel ever is that after Angel leaves, Spike draws a little happy face with Fang <laughs> on a punching on a bag, punching bag and, and is hitting him. She goes, "Do you have a good talk with Angel? He, he wears lifts." Yeah. <laughs> um, which is which is foreshadowing mm-hmm. the relationship that we're going to talk about yeah. when we get to season five of Angel. Um, so basically, the one thing Angel does is he brings in the MacGuffin. Uh, the MacGuffin being a storytelling term for any kind of device that is of import to the plot how is that different from a mulligan hmm? a mulligan is a re a mulligan is a redo a mulligan is a oh i made a mistake can we go back and pretend that that didn't happen ah um i always wondered yeah so uh if the MacGuffin is something that stops time and resets it to a previous thing then you could call it a mulligan MacGuffin. whoa 
Well, like the Nexus yeah. in Star Trek. Like the the Nex- the, in Star Trek Generation. The Nexus is a total mulligan McGuffin. It's a McGuffin. A McGuffin, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, so essentially, Angel brings in this amulet that's supposed to have super duper powers. Um, essentially, all Buffy knows the vampires are going to try to burst out of the Hellmouth. Yeah. Um, which is also, again, below the, the high school. Um, and she's got this army of potentials about to lead them into battle, and she gets this idea, talks it over with Willow. Willow, who this whole time has been very afraid to use her powers, with good reason. Yeah. Um, but Willow decides to use her powers one last time, and essentially they use the power of the axe to um, release the power of the Slayers and activate every potential. And it does... I love this. The montage is yeah. fantastic. You go ahead and... Well, they, they have a montage of, of whoops, oh, the buzz is here. Oh. Um, uh, they have a montage of a number of potentials across the world who are not part of this, mm-hmm. um, who are being turned into slayers. Uh, one kind of a chubby girl who's playing baseball, you know, that, that, but my favorite is there's a girl who's being. It's a domestic, it's clearly yeah. a domestic abuse case. And she. You just see the moment of her catching the fist. Yeah. Um, um, and it's just, it's sort of, is it heavy handed? Yeah. Do I like it's it at a, this point? It's, the season, it's a series finale. Yeah, it's, ki- it's kind it. of saying, you know what? Girl power to all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not just for Buffy. Yeah. It's for everyone. It's about, I think the, I think the, I think the final episode was called Chosen, but I think mm-hmm. like be, be Strong was part of her speech in yeah. that episode. Um, so essentially now the entire army of Slayers. Plus go, all the Scoobies. Plus all the Scoobies. They go down. Um, Anya is killed off. Oh, um, I, this hurts. Which was so a hard. rough one, and to be honest, it felt a little thrown in. Um, like there had to be, like there had to be some kind of character death. I mean, there was no. Um, I don't know. You know what, though? Here's the thing. I would say that, except that it was so rough. Yeah, it was except, a very. Except it was, that it was a pretty, it still bru- it was a pretty me. brutal kill. Um, I mean, she was practically cut in two. Yeah, she's she's cut from like her right shoulder to her left hip. Mm-hmm. So if you just imagine the knife, yeah, crisscrossing the body. Yeah, it's it was um, bad. Yeah, um, but uh, and I had fallen in love with her. A lot. Oh, she Ani became was my so favorite. Oh, she character. was my favorite. Um, but there is a uh, so essentially they go down there, they fight off all the vampires, and then Spike takes the amulet and activates it. Um, you know, basically saying, I think this is going to bring the whole place down, so you all need to get out of there. Essentially, he does the heroic martyr thing. I'm going to st- I'm going to stay here. He says, I'm going to stay here, see how it all ends. Um, um, as, a, as a side note, um, and we'll explain why in the next podcast, um, my wife had not shown me the cover to Angel Season 5. Oh. I did not know. She did. Mm-hmm. Um, but she let it slip that Spike was going to die early in the season now here's the oh. thing oh that's great knowledge to have because once you realize what what you don't realize is if you're told that at the beginning of the season spike is put in situations where he's about to die oh, so the entire season you thought he was oh, when, die. when principal wood corners him i'm like this is it this you're, is it this, this is, it. is it. it's, coming. it's coming out and they do it like five times that you think mm-hmm. this is the time spike's gonna die yeah so when he finally does at the end i was crying oh. i had no idea well, there was also a good thing that she, um you know spike has been desperately in love with buffy and oh. never once when she says had, i love you never once has she said i love you so at the very end and of course you know all of us are kind of you know you know waiting for it because in story because again following the trope that's what happens yes um, and when it happens and when it happens, you know, she says, I love looking, you. Says, I love you. And then he looks at her and in just wonderful, honest sincerity, he's like, no, you don't. But thanks for saying it anyway. Um, just a, a wonderful, honest moment. Yeah. Um, then she runs out. Spike goes Vaporizes. up in a big flare of light. Um, and then they get on a bus and drive away from the school as fast as they can. And then the entirety of Sunnydale collapses into a heaping crater like the town gone. And they all get out of of the bus. All the main characters you've gotten to know and love. There's a great moment right before the battle where Giles, Xander, Buffy, and Willow mm-hmm. are all standing in the hallway yeah. talking like they used to talk. Yeah. Um, but they all get out of the bus and they're like, what do you want to do now? And the dialogue is kind of forced. I got to mm-hmm. admit. Yeah. They're like, what do you want to do? There's something at the mall. There's, you know, they, it seems... It seems like it's trying to seem jossy, which mm-hmm. bothered me just a little bit. Yeah. But the final moment is the wonderful. final moment is essentially what do we do? What do we do? Buffy, and, what do you want to do? And she just stands there with this slight smile on her face. And that's it. And credits roll. And to me, it answers the final major dramatic question. 
because Buffy for the first time realizes it's like there, there's an army of slayers out there now. She's no longer the only one. Um, and because of that, comics aside, yeah. Um, if you treat the TV, if you treat the TV series as the end of the story, that moment of what do you want to do? It's that first moment of realization of I could do anything I wanted to now. I could just live a normal life. I could. Um, I thought it was a very good answer to the major dramatic question. I'm going to touch the comics really briefly. I'm not going to go into the plot of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, suffice to say, they are sometimes amazing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they... I still have to read like the final couple lists. episodes. Of, of season uh, eight? Uh, it's kind of final couple of issues of season eight. And season nine has started. Oh, has it? Okay, And it's, it's, it's hit and miss. Season mm-hmm. eight is hit and miss. Season nine is hit and miss. Some yeah, but when season eight hits... Season eight says, well, the last thing that happens in season eight is I'm not going to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but it's it's punches you in the face like Joss mm-hmm. does. He's still Joss. Oh, is it bad punch you in the face? Like tragic do- punch you in the face? Uh, so um, season eight and season nine of Buffy are 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 great um, and they're available in comic form. The reason I like them, they are not the same quality as the show. I'm going to come out and say mm-hmm. I like to say that they are still they they are to they are to the show what the Star Wars books were to the Star Wars movies. I mean, the heir to the Empire series, the trilogy that Timothy Zahn wrote, yeah. was amazing literature. Not quite still like I mean, it wasn't yeah. quite the same. Oh my God, Star Wars on the big screen, but it, but was, it was it, it, it was formed the universe going. and yeah. and, it, and it started what was a huge universe. Yeah, if you haven't read Death Troopers, it's amazing. Mm. It, it's a basically a zombie story, a, a hard R zombie story. Nice in the Star Wars universe. Oh, that's cool. Um, uh. I would say this. I love that it's comics and that it comes about every week mm-hmm. because or every month because the but the 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 adventures of Buffy continue mm-hmm. in a way that Joss Joss crafted the story. He's not actively writing them right now. He's got a little bit going on, mm-hmm. um, but he did write the stories of what should happen and they are in continuity. Yeah. And it's I canon. I enjoy that that I still get it every week. Um, that these characters, I still get to watch their lives continue. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, all Buffy is is a re- is a memory now. Yeah. It's it's I don't rewatch it. And when I rewatch it, it's so when I think of the comics. I'll tell you, do you want just a, you want to know the moment that I truly felt old for the first time? What? At the Renaissance Fair, I uh, I used to be the director at a Renaissance Fair. Yeah. And as you can imagine, a lot of the people who work at a Renaissance Fair kind of big geeks. Yeah. Um, and so there was this, uh. There were some people, I think like right out of college or something like that, people who loved Firefly, like hardcore brown coats. And they were all like, um, you know, like, oh my God, Firefly's amazing. Joss Whedon's the best thing ever. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I really liked Buffy. That was my favorite. They're like, oh yeah, that's right. We, we don't really know that one. Oh and my gosh. To my, that's the thing when I finally stopped and it's like, there are people out there who love Joss Whedon who have never seen Buffy. Well, and now a new generation of people that haven't gonna, seen Firefly. Right. Joss anyway, Whedon is the just, movie guy. Joss Whedon is now the guy who directed Avengers. Yeah, so... Um, and, you know, and good for him. I'm so glad to see, like... Um, I'll say this about Avengers. Avengers is the closest I've seen to Buffy in his work since mm-hmm. Buffy. And Avengers is one of the better comic... I mean, Avengers is one of the better comic book films that I've I seen. I'd put it up there as the top... Uh, in the top three, if not the best. Yeah. Um, go see it. And leave it to somebody... Just a tangent on Avengers real quick leave it to especially like the final 30 minutes of it leave it to a director who was known for character development and witty dialogue to film better action sequences than michael fucking bay yep so good on you joss good on you yeah and 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 making them emotionally count too yeah you know just like budapest huh you and I remember Budapest very differently. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll talk about Jeremy Renner, yeah. good old Hawkeye, yeah. when we talk about Angel, because um, he's on Angel. He is? He's uh, in an episode of Angel. Which yeah. episode was he in? He is in the episode of Angel where uh, he is Angel's old protege who comes back. Oh, my God. That's Jeremy Renner. God, you're right. Yep. That's awesome. Um, to say nothing of the last person that, that uh, Angel, when he was Liam, kissed before... Uh, before he got turned into Angelus by Darla. That's right. Is um is what's her name from Mad Men? Um, Mrs. Reynolds uh, from Firefly. Oh, um, you're right. You're totally right. What's her name? I don't know. She's famous. She's really famous. Is she? She's like named the sexiest woman alive and stuff. Really? Yeah. Redhead, big boobs. Yeah, that's narrowing it down. So I want to say Charisma Carpenter, but that's not her. No. Um, 
Wow, that I'm lady. totally. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm She's totally really famous. Yeah. you know who she. You're yeah, you guys know who. You're she. hating me for not knowing. Send us. Emails. We've been going for like three hours, dude. Yeah. So, um, listen. Well, let me. I mean, yeah. before we do that, uh, there's one thing that I wanted to say with the with Buffy that I just realized this a couple weeks ago, which is, I think, it's very subtle but very important. Um, Joss in an interview a couple months ago, um, somebody asked him, essentially, you know. So why do you write strong female characters? And Josh responded, because you're still answering that, because you're still asking me that question. Um, a lot has been made, and there have, been, there have been entire books of philosophy on Buffy. There have been a lot of people, debates on both sides of the issue on, is Buffy truly feminist or is it, you know, you know how it is. It's a very, you know, anytime anything is considered feminist, it becomes a hot button issue with people on both sides. Well, and let's, but, let's even go a step further. There are college courses you can take yes, on Buffy. But here's the thing. I could be wrong on this, but my bet is 20 years ago, if 20 years ago, the term for somebody who went about killing vampires, the term that existed in the minds of our American collective subconscious was a vampire hunter. And when we think vampire hunter, the first person we think is Van Helsing. If um, jo- Hugh Jackman. Yes, exactly. Now... Even for people who have never seen Buffy, I'm willing to bet that the term that subconsciously people think of when they think somebody who kills vampires. They don't kill them. They slay slay them. them. And when you think slayer, you do not think of a man. Slayer is seen now as a female job. And that is very, very subtle. But it's... um, But that is how strong female characters truly and or, you know and having true you know equality in storytelling happens not because somebody sits down and consciously says well you know what let's make this character a woman because there need to be more women and stuff but rather because somebody somebody 10 20 years from now sits down and says i want to write a story about somebody who kills vampires i write a story about a vampire slayer and their first subconscious thought is going to be a woman I want to touch really briefly on Twilight, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, the The archetypes of Bella and Edward are are clearly derivative of Buffy and Angel. It's, yeah, I can um, see that. It undoes some of the wonderful oh, work that was done true. by Joss. That's a shame. Um, but I would like to say, as we as we are recording this, just like ten days before the new Batman movie comes out mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety two. Tim Burton directed Batman Returns with Catwoman. And in that movie, Catwoman was a secretary abused by her boss who, through no power of her own, is made to go crazy mm-hmm. and be strong and then goes out and fights crime. And I've seen the trailer for Dark Knight Rises and I don't know I don't know any spoilers for it, but the trailer tells me that this is a strong, ass-kicking Catwoman who is out there with a morally dubious goal. I see the Black Widow in The Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the female compatriot of Thor. I see, you know, I think you owe it to two characters. One is Xena, and I'm going to give it the props to Xena that she deserves. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Absolutely. You do not have Black Widow. You do not have the new incarnation of Catwoman. You do not have, you know, you know, you Princess Leia still had to have the big, long, flowing white dress and ask mm-hmm. Consola to hold her. Yeah. Buffy was all at once a woman and feminine and yet also and i think that's the thing is that what i like tough. about it which is why buffy is even more important than xena i think because in many ways xena was aside from the fact that she occasionally Don't used piss off the xena fans yeah, well <laughs> well you worked at a rent fair you know yeah I <laughs> <laughs> um the uh aside from the fact that you know and, and i will probably get emails on this because to be fair i did not watch the entirety of xena so i'm sure it's much more complex sam raimi um but Aside from the fact that she occasionally used sex as a weapon as well, um, many of the Xena episodes, you could have put a man in for it. Um, and it's something that happens a lot in hero stories or in battle things is you think, well, okay, let's just let's write a story for the traditional hero and then let's make it a woman instead of a man. And that that's not a strong female character. That's starting from a male archetype and then just randomly switching the, the gender. From the beginning Buffy, of the end of the series, Buffy was a girlfriend, a, a daughter, a sister, a mother, mm-hmm. a warrior, yeah. um, a leader, um, 
Buffy could not have been male. No. In no way, in any way, shape, or form. Um, and, you know, and to me, that's why I think she's such a, she's a tremendous force. Plus, she kicks ass and mm-hmm. she cries well. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, you know, to be honest, I think that also says something. The fact that you can have the concept of a warrior for the longest time, warriors don't have emotions. Warriors aren't sensitive. It is because, I'm going to venture and say, it is because Buffy cries well that she also is able to do the kind of damage that she can. It's a, it's saying... So maybe without her, you don't have Spider-Man as Tobey Maguire played him. You don't have Wolverine crying. You don't mm-hmm. have... It allows men to embrace sense, their... It's this sense of emotion doesn't make you weak. Emotion makes you strong in devastatingly powerful right. ways. Or... Or emotion can, I, I want to counter that to go, or emotion can be something that you need to be able to put aside. Mm-hmm. But to put aside does not mean to not have to it. To not have it, yeah. You go, you go, I can't do this, but I have to, so I'll do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's what Buffy does all the time. And I want to say the other thing that there is not without Buffy the Vampire Slayer is ninjas versus zombies, vampires, or monsters. That's very without true. Without this movie, mm-hmm. the way I write, the way I speak, the it, it's... It, it's irrevocably changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a pale imitation as a writer, a really pale imitation as a writer. I'm nowhere near it, but I have something that I feel like I can aspire to in there that, that, you know, go for the heart, you know, go for the clever, mm-hmm. go for the heart and, and, and don't be afraid to, to, you know, you just watched a few minutes of ninjas versus monsters. Mm-hmm. You just watched 10 minutes of it. And then the 10 minutes you watched, you know, action jokes, and yet there is a moment there where I go, you know, what? I'm going to discuss the dissolving relationship between two of my primary characters who are in pain. Because mm-hmm. Joss says, what do you do? You create likable characters and you hurt them. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And, you know, yep. I don't, I'm not saying I do it well, but I'm trying to follow the model. Mm-hmm. It's a good model. So, okay. I think we've done. I think, I think, I think we're good. We're good. I hope you've enjoyed these episodes mm-hmm. of Pop Off about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We are not done with Joss Whedon. No. Um, Arthur and I will be discussing Angel, and then Arthur, maybe, and someone and I will be discussing uh, Firefly and Serenity, Doctor Horrible, Dollhouse, um, and we'll probably uh, touch a little more on the comics and, of course, the Avengers. Yeah. Um, as as we go through the summer and into the fall. So uh, thank you very much for listening to Pop Off. We are not the only show on the Enlight Podcast Network. You can also hear Trek Off where I get way drunker and I'm way funnier. Um, and Alexi and I talk about uh, Star Trek. Um, uh, of course, this is Pop Off, which is usually the movie review podcast, but we are uh, we are diverting from that for a little while. Um, the Doctor Who podcast, Podcast Who with uh, Phil Stamper, RJ and or Garrett and RJ go Hollywood, Ninjas versus You, um, and you can get all of that plus everything about the Ninjas versus movies at uh, endlightentertainment.com uh, and awesome lives here oh pop off I gotta say pop off pop off pop off you are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com home of Trek Off the not safe for work Star Trek podcast pop off where we geek out on comics movies and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture podcast who the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper Ninjas vs. You the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown all of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks radio.com or searching geeks radio on itunes geeks radio is a presentation of endlight entertainment